Welcome to Vitality Made Simple. The following production is for educational and entertainment purposes only. If you need medical advice, call your doctor. Now, let's go to Vitality Made Simple. Welcome to Vitality Made Simple, where we take the stress out of being healthy. I'm your host, Dr. Debbie Osment, and I sincerely thank you for joining me. Now, this podcast is for people who want to get older, but stay feeling younger. We want to uh, think of our, you know, have more birthdays, think of our uh chronological age, the number of years, as just something to celebrate, but we want to be metabolically and uh, biologically younger than our birthday. And we want to acknowledge that, you know, we're not going to live forever, but we want to maximize our health spans and maximize our God-given gifts while we're here on earth. So today's podcast is really, really exciting. I'm going to talk about uh, soluble and insoluble fiber and some strategies to help you minimize your doctor visits and maximize your health span. Now, this is really going to be worth your time. We're going to get to, to the bottom of the issue of why fiber is so important. It just feels so good to feel good. And this is information you're going to want. Now, first of all, I want to introduce you to one of my very favorite dead guys, uh, Dr. Dennis Burkett. Now, he is a fascinating genius uh, to whom I owe the clever title of this podcast. If you noticed, it's Small Stools, Big Hospitals. His motto was actually Small Stools, Big Hospitals, Big Stools, Small Hospitals. And he really lived that out and proved that to be true. Now, Dennis uh, was born in Ireland in 1911. And I believe that one of his greatest strengths was that he was very, very curious. I mean, curiosity is such a wonderful gift uh, when it's used to improve the world to improve the lives of others because it it opens you know our minds to possibilities uh, it, it stimulates creative thinking it really just helps us to look at um, things from different angles. So I, I want to stay curious like Dr. Uh, Burkett, and I think you probably will too. Now, he had a glass eye, and uh, he, he lost his eye actually in a fight when he was a little kid with another little boy. I don't know if you know the details of that or if that had anything to do with his curiosity. You also hear curiosity killed the cat. I mean, there's g- good curiosity and there's bad curiosity. But nevertheless, he uh, attended Trinity College in Dublin and declared right off that he wanted to be anything except a doctor or a dentist. So he majored in engineering. Well, that all changed when he attended an an evangelical meeting, and he felt the call of the Holy Spirit to become a Christian. You know, God really has a sense of humor, and he often takes us to places that we never, never, never planned to go. So before long, uh, Dennis changed his major to medicine. And then during World War II, he served the Royal Army Medical Corps in Kenya. Well, he loved Kenya so much that he stayed there as a Presbyterian missionary doctor, where he fell in love with the people. Now, he was curious, and he only had one eye, but he was keenly observant. And this led him to start mapping the distribution of all kinds of diseases based on their geographic locations. I remember hearing about uh, 
Dr. Burkett in dental school, and the only thing we learned there was about Burkett's lymphoma. He actually found a type of a cancer that had a viral base. Now, this was super innovative at that time in in the uh, mid to early 1900s. Now, he also noticed that there was a much lower incidence of colon disease, including colon cancer, uh, as well as appendicitis and hemorrhoids in Africa compared to Europe and North America. So he would see patients in Africa, and they had very different uh, diseases than people back in Europe or in the United States. So he concluded that this difference came from habits and not genetics because Dr. Burkett noticed that when the Africans moved to the West or and took up you know Western habits or European norms, then they too would develop the same increased rates of these various chronic diseases. Now, he was way, way, way ahead of his time. This was the 1950s. And even back then, he was highly critical of refined sugars or of refined foods uh, because he realized that they had been stripped of their bulky, chewy coverings. And he knew that this was very important. I mean, even back then, he pointed out the dangers of eating refined white flour. So because you know, he could so readily see that a high fiber diet was linked to disease prevention. Uh, he became known for this awesome quote that I love, you know, small stools, big hospitals, big stools, small hospitals. I mean, think about that for a minute. It really tells the whole story. It is the chronic diseases that fill up our hospitals. Now, these are the disabling illnesses like heart disease, cancer, type 2 diabetes, arthritis. I mean, you know the list. Uh, they're, they're things that shorten a person's health span, the number of years that they really feel good. And as all you listeners will likely agree, because uh, like me, you're trying to find ways to to feel better and not have stress, uh, we know that health starts in the gut. And if you're a regular listener to Vitality Made Simple, then you know the gut actually starts in the mouth. So So, you know, that totally goes with small stools, big hospitals, big stools, small hospitals. You know, so what does that mean for us in this 21st century? You know, bottom line, Dr. Burkett knew that we all need more fiber. But this can be a very confusing issue because many people think think that it just means taking a pill. We are so used to taking a pill, and that's just really not the best way to feel your best. You know, our modern way of life has changed, but our basic design, the design of our bodies, has not changed. And eating more fiber is not just about decreasing constipation. I think that's a real misnomer. Uh, we are, we're learning more every day about the gut. It's not just this tube that gets the weight, waste products out the other end. It's really a manufacturing facility that keeps us feeling good. So that's why real plant-based food is so essential to vitality and to avoid, avoiding illness. And I think when we all understand the why, the how gets super easy. You know, dietary fiber is that part of the plant that passes through your digestive system mostly without being broken down or digested. And there's two kinds of fiber, soluble fiber and 
insoluble fiber. Uh, but the good news, people get very confused about that. But the good news is that real plant-based food usually has some of both types. So if you get a variety of foods into your day, you're going to cover all the bases. You know, both types help you build bulk in your stools and are food sources for the good bacteria that you want to nurture. So first, let's briefly talk about the differences between soluble fiber and insoluble fiber. They both have unique benefits, and we need both. And there's a lot of overlap in what they do. Basically, insoluble fiber dissolves in water, and it creates sort of a gel that helps in your uh, digestion. It also helps you feel much fuller longer. So, um, you know, that helps with weight maintenance and it helps with uh, blood sugar, helps lower cholesterol. You know, they it just does so much. Uh, there are foods like black beans, lima beans, Brussels sprouts, avocados, all these things you love, sweet potatoes, you know, broccoli, carrots. Um, those are all good sources of soluble fiber. And, you know, we can't forget oatmeal, you know, flax seeds, apples. But again, most delicious uh, real foods contain a little bit of both. Now, insoluble fiber um, is just sort of like the name suggests, it does not dissolve in water. So insoluble fiber helps draw water into your gut, which helps soften your stool and helps you have regular daily bowel movements. Now, I want to put the emphasis on daily. Uh, So many people don't know that your body is designed to have a daily bowel movement and, in fact, maybe more than one. So gut bacteria love, love, love to munch on insoluble fiber. Now, those are foods like nuts, cauliflower, beans. Again, we have potatoes, you know, lots of great sources of insoluble fiber. And you can see the overlap between soluble and insoluble. We try to make it too difficult and it doesn't need to be difficult and it doesn't need to be stressful. Now, the bacteria that live in the body outnumber the body cells by an estimated 10 to 1. I've seen, you know, different numbers, but that's that's generally what people think who count those cells. Um, basically, uh, we provide food and shelter for these bacteria, and they in turn do nice things for us. That That is, they do nice things for us if we're cultivating the nice bacteria. Now, fiber helps us cultivate the nice bacteria. You know, think about when you have a party. You want to invite invite nice people who are fun to be with, people who are polite, people who don't burp a lot or say rude things, and people who don't wreck your house or or steal your dishes. I mean, a mutually beneficial relationship is the goal if you have a party, and it's the goal if you're trying to have good fiber in your gut. The main thing to remember about dietary fiber is that it, it feeds the good bacteria in your gut. And in turn, those gut gut bacteria help regulate blood sugar, you know, blood lipids. They produce all kinds of beneficial compounds, everything from vitamins to hormones to neurotransmitters. And and they are essential for our bodies to produce key bacterial metabolites. There are things that they do that we can't get otherwise. So that's exactly what Dr. Dennis Burkett was talking about when he said small stools, big hospitals, big stools, small hospitals. You know, he didn't have DNA technology to test the bacteria in the gut back in the 50s, 
But as I said, he was so curious and he was so observant. He knew that our bodies were designed for real plant food and um, and real that real plant food was absolutely essential for staying out of the hospital. You know, another thing that uh, fiber is really great for is controlling body weight uh, because it lowers fat absorption. You know, it, it's going to improve your blood pressure and overall cardiac health. I mean, it helps make your vascular system stronger. And, you know, think of that 30,000 miles at least of blood vessels. And the ones that most people care about are the tiny ones, the ones that go to um, the eyes and, you know, the fingers and the sexual organs. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of miles there of blood vessels that need to stay healthy and fiber helps all of this. You know, as I said earlier, it also helps balance and stabilize cholesterol. It helps regulate blood sugar. You know, when you're regulating blood sugar, you're you're improving your insulin. You're going to lower your risk of prediabetes, of diabetes. Uh, One thing Dr. Burkett noticed that it he just didn't see hemorrhoids when he was in Africa. Oh my goodness. Think about how that might put somebody in a better mood not to have hemorrhoids. You know, it's always about relationships. Um, and, and then fiber also lowers the risk of diverticular disease and colon cancer. I mean, that's such a big one. The number two cause of cancer death is colon cancer. Uh, you know, fiber is going to lower the risk of breast cancer of, chronic inflammation. And I just think, you know, that um, too many people are basically, you know, full of it, Uh, you know, not having a a bowel movement regularly. I mean, I've heard people say everything from, oh, every three days is my norm to, you know, once a week is my norm. Oh, my goodness. People are going to be in such a better mood if they get their gut working well. I mean, you don't have to be from Oklahoma to know that it's really a good thing to have a daily bowel movement. But enough on that. Um, Unfortunately, uh, you know, not having a daily bowel movement is often considered normal. You know, normal does not equal optimal. We so often get those confused. They're not even in the same realm sometimes. Um, You know, Unfortunately, our society, you know, is built on refined carbohydrates. So that makes it much harder for people to get these good whole fiber foods that require, um, that our bodies require to work more efficiently. You know, we're not going to settle for this less than optimal normal baloney. Normal may be typical in our world or in our society at this time, but but it's, it's typically not good. Consider what normal is in our world. It's dehydrated, irritated, constipated, frustrated, overscheduled, overstimulated, undernourished, underrested, inflamed, and totally stressed out. I mean, you're going to feel so much better when you take Dr. Burkett's advice and um, eat more fiber. You're going to have a better... Uh, daily easy bowel movements. You're going to have fewer chronic illnesses. You know, interesting, like Dr. Burkett was nicknamed Fiber Man, and he even has a book by that title. It's an it's an old book. You can find it used, and it's super interesting. I mean, he was committed to telling people about his observations and um, trying to help people uh, just eat, you know, eat more real food fiber. I don't know if he had a cape that said Fiber Man, but anyway, he was a hero. He definitely is a hero in my book. Um, he he had more to his theory than just fiber. He had a two part theory for um, the increased rates of inflammatory diseases. 
among what he would have termed first world countries. You know, it was, of course, a fiber rich diet, but he also talked a lot about toileting posture or the squatting position that native Africans used while pooping. Now, this squatting position is, again, how we're designed, and it enables the bowel to more completely empty. Of course, they didn't have toilet seats, so they would just probably simply dig a hole and squat. Now, this is by design, and it it helps everything flow more freely. You know, setting up tall doesn't allow a free flow, and it, it actually leads to fecal stagnation, which contributes to straining, you know, constipation, hemorrhoids, you, you can imagine. Um, so, so in, in our world, you can, you can, you, there's all kinds of little things you can put by your toilet, like a squatty potty, there's other brands, but things that help you get more into that squatting position. It's, it really works. Um, take my word for it. So now one important thing to remember that if you decide to increase your fiber, or when you decide to increase your fiber, um, may I say, uh, you want to start low and go slow. You want to uh, kind of find out how many grams of fiber you're eating and then build up slowly. On my website at drdebbieosmond.com, you can go to the resources tab and I have a free fiber chart. There are also fiber charts, you know, on on your phone. The the key is to know where you are and start low and go slow. And then you want to increase your fiber and cultivate good bacteria. I would recommend that you read a book called Supergut. This is a a wonderful, wonderful book by Dr. William Davis. He's an MD who is a cardiologist. Um, And and I'll talk more about that in later podcast. Also, if you're increasing your fiber, make sure you're drinking plenty, plenty of water. Remember, water is one of those basics that I talked about last week. You know, it's the H in hope. Now, in terms of fiber intake, most integrative medicine uh, sources from my education recommend at least 30 grams a day of fiber for women and at least 40 grams a day for men. Now, you can work up and go a little higher. That's going to be great. If you, if you're um, eating more, Dr. Burkett would probably have, you know, almost doubled that. Um, But, you know, see where you are and uh, don't let it be stressful. Just work your way up. You know, these are, enjoy the foods you love. These are all foods that are slowly digested, help you feel full longer and are great tasting and great for weight management. They are real food. You know, very importantly, they are food that typically does not have a nutrition label. You know, you're not going to find a nutrition label on an apple or on a, a bunch of cauliflower. So also you might enjoy looking at uh, the Bristol stool chart. This is something you can find free by just searching uh, Bristol stool chart. It's B-R-I-S-T-O-L. There's going to be um, some pictures on there of where you want to aim for your what, what your stool looks like. Um, some people I know have actually framed this and put it in their bathroom. Remember, you don't want to it's probably not suitable for your living room or your kitchen, but, um, you know, different strokes for different folks. Uh, this will show you 
how to sort of gauge what you need in terms of more fiber, less fiber, less water, or what problems you might have uh, with your gut health. Now, remember, rely on real food, not supplements. Fiber supplements can be habit-forming, and there's so much more to... um, fiber than just having a good bowel movement. This real food is contains vitamins, minerals, lots of goodness yet to be discovered. Uh, and, and real food is delicious. And our bodies recognize real food and it gets, gets absorbed uh, more efficiently. You don't really know for sure how much absorption you're getting with any supplement. So in concluding, thank you for listening. Remember, don't let health be confusing, expensive, or no fun. Uh, I thank you so much for listening today and for subscribing and for sharing. Share this with you know somebody that you think might be full of it and might need this information. This is episode 73, and together we're taking the stress out of being healthy. We're now in 719 cities. That's up 15 this week, I think, if I did the math correctly. And we're in 63 countries. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's all because of you. Blessings until next time.